my handy dandy Bible right Your here. Bible that you got on our Christian podcast. It's not a Christian podcast. It is a podcast that has Christians on it. <laughs> We're taking the Bible out of context. Everybody else does. Let's get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. If this is your first time around here, Dropping Sunday is a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture. Just a couple of notes. We are not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off. Although if either of those things happen, we definitely want to know. Yes, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you don't need to believe to belong. You can join the conversation at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Hey, Andrea, how's your heart? Fantastic. 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 Yeah, anything exciting, uh, you know, that uh, that you're into? Uh, just reading the Bible, uh, you know. <laughs> Jesus juke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figure, I mean, since there's two of us together, Jesus is here, right? There's that's, two. Or, that's, that's what the Bible that, says. That's how it goes, right? That's exactly what it says. So um, let's just get right into it. Uh, you, uh, you said, hey, um, I found this article that talks about the five biggest misquoted scriptures or misunderstood scriptures. Misused and abused. Yeah. So uh, I was like, oh, that's an entire series. We can talk about this. So let's, uh, let's talk about some of these, these Bible verses. So the, the point with this guys is uh, to kind of poke fun at, uh, at the church in general for, for, for misusing things. And then also try to bring a little bit of clarification on what it is. Just bring a little wisdom. Yeah wisdom your way listen i mean we've we've both been raised in the church we both heard it said wrong all a bunch we also both went to bible college yes we did so we also kind of know what it's supposed to be guys we're like perfect for this we are (laughs) i think you could just start with we are perfect and i think that we'll be just fine (laughs) just Um, fine for the first time literally ever on this show Uh there's been a lot of episodes We've yeah. been doing this for a minute. For a minute. Um, I'm holding a Bible. <laughs> I, is this the first time ever? I feel like this is the first time I've ever I like think so. held a Bible. I think I had to like reference one thing one time, but yeah. um, but I mean, no. I've used Bible Gateway a few times on the show. Well, yeah, but that's because we were just trying to disprove, you know, some <laughs> other sort of heresy. That's right. That was happening. some other sort of heresy. Uh, heresy we're currently yeah, engaging in. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so, gotcha. So um have fun with us. Maybe okay. learn a little something and we'll see what happens. All right. So just a couple of things right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, the word of God is an absolute necessity in today's debate spheres on social media. Just getting that out there. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm reading this article. That's how it starts. Okay. It's, I, a ne- it's a necessity because it's what the ultimate silver bullet in every argument. Is that what they're that, saying? <laughs> I think that's what they're trying to say. Like, Hey, listen, if you can misquote a scripture wrong enough, <laughs> You'll be able to win every single argument. Yes. Yeah. So with the rise of social media, it is like scriptures have become uh, cannon fodder. Like people are just using them. Again, I'm just quoting from this article, guys. It's so good. Why use my words when I can just use theirs? (laughs) There you go. Um, It it has just become a way to to try to clobber each other. Yeah. And so... It's become ammunition. The holy written word of God, what was written for us as a love letter, is now now an ammunition. It's fantastic. Although the Bible does say (laughs) that it can separate. Sure. Like a a sword. Yeah. How does that scripture go? 
Um, Bible I, college graduate. I think it means. I think that I, I don't know what it what it actually says because I didn't memorize the whole thing. But um, but I think what it really means is that uh, when I disagree with you, I'm allowed to use scripture to never have to talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it does not mean. No. That's not no. It. All right. No. Cool. Um, anyway, so here is a list of the five most in this article's opinion, yeah. the five most misused and abused Bible verses. I love it. Are you ready? I'm ready. First one, Philippians 4.13. Okay. Philippians 4.13. First of all, this is what I think I should do. I think I should try to quote. Yes, I do. The, I, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yes. Yeah? That's it. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So it's it's quoted a lot. Um, Tim Tebow puts it on his black uh, yeah. on his black eye under so, minor thingy. So with the strength I'm of God, sport. he can. Yeah, I'm into <laughs> sport. The sporting man uh, with with uh, the strength of God, he can clobber and tackle and yeah. kick and yeah. all of those things. Yeah, I can, watch me throw means. this ball. <laughs> watch me throw this football over that mountain. <laughs> that's that's what the scripture means, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Uh, well, so out of context, this verse has nothing to do with dunking a basketball, yeah. hitting a home run, no. bench pressing a bus, <laughs> winning the lottery, or closing a business deal. Yeah, making a million dollars. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, None yeah, of yeah. that None is of that. not what this Bible verse is talking about. Okay, when I want to know before before we find out what it actually is supposed to mean. Okay. Um, what comes to mind is the most egregious use of this verse that you can remember experiencing in your life. Oh gosh. It's gotta be some kind of sporting team, right? Yeah. Like it's gotta be like a high school sports team that is going to state finals and they write it on the side of the bus yeah. or something like with the strength of God, I can go and win, beat this other team and win. Yeah. Well, can we just talk about sport real quick? Yeah. Um, I just want to point out that uh, people on the other side also pray. So um, yes, there are Christians on both sides of the sporting team. Yeah, it's like uh, it's. I, I don't. I forget where I heard this said. Uh, you guys can um, at at us at Dropping Sunday or at Sethford, uh, where it says, uh, "I think that uh, if God was going to answer a prayer, what He'd do is just make you like go back in time and make you practice harder." Mm. Um, like, <laughs> That's that's how he that's answers those sporting prayers. Prayer to, yeah, to be answered. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a it's a real sporty type of thing, but it's also like um, I, I can't pay my bills, but I can I can do I'm gonna make I can it. Do all I things. can do all things. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my nephew was in the his team went to state finals for baseball. Oh, last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. last season. And my mom, Andre's mom, asked <laughs> on the way to one of the semifinals, "Is it?" is it wrong for me to pray that Owen's team wins? <laughs> and my dad and I both just started laughing because I mean, I, mean, I don't know. It's not wrong. You can pray what you need to, I, I mean, guess. You can pray whatever you want. That's the cool thing, right? Like uh, my kids can ask me for whatever they want to ask yeah. me for. Uh, my, my, <laughs> they really want this one video game right now. And they keep asking me for, I'm like, keep asking. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says ask and keep asking. One of these days, maybe I'll get it for you. But I think that you're asking a miss. <laughs> All right. All right. So the actual context yeah. of this scripture is yeah. uh, the Apostle Paul 
who is writing this, is under house arrest awaiting his trial. <laughs> yeah, he's in jail. <laughs> where he may possibly be put to death for preaching the resurrection of Jesus. But before he gets put to death, he does get to join a group of outlaws to to actually play a football game against another prison. Wait, no, that's no, the longest that's, yard. That's the longest my yard. Fact. My, totally. my, my fault, my fault, my yeah, fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> However, instead of being defeated by unfortunate circumstances, Paul is using this opportunity to teach the young church in Philippi that he can endure any and every circumstance. Ups and downs, highs and lows, because he has a strength that only comes from Christ. Uh, This supernatural strength to endure all seasons and situations is always with Paul because the Holy Spirit of Christ is always with him, even in prison. Yeah. Yeah. So this has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to be successful in whatever endeavor. It's literally... When you're going through the darkest time of your life, yeah, you can do that. You can do it's that. It's not you can reach the highest of heights. It's you can traverse the lowest of lows. Yes. That is the difference between <laughs> what is misused and how it should be actually interpreted. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. All right. Um, hey, there's there, hey, that'll preach. I should I get my praise praise break music ready to go for so, some yeah. of these guys. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going. All right. Uh, number two. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready for this yes. one? Matthew 18, 20. Ooh. I don't know this one. Well, listen, we just talked about it at the beginning of the show. Um, Because there are two of us here. Oh, where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there. Is yep. it that one? Okay. Yep. How is this one misused? So... This verse is usually quoted as an encouragement to one another when there is low attendance for a worship service (laughs) or given as a benediction during a prayer meeting. So, yeah, where two or three or more are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Um, In fact, if someone really wants to stretch this verse, they may use it as a justification for skipping church uh, to worship with their family at home while the football game is playing in the background yeah um okay and the most egregious uh you've ever seen i've got a i've I've got a real specific one but i want to know the most egregious one you've seen of this one probably it would have to be a small group that i you know was a part of and yeah we had really low attendance one night and you know what it doesn't matter because the bible says where two or three are gathered yeah um yeah so what about you i had a youth pastor uh try to tell oh no The the young men and the young women that uh, th- if they're both believers and uh, and and they were maybe someplace and it was just the two of them and they were maybe doing things that might be inappropriate physically uh, as uh, hormone induced teenagers will do to not forget that because there's two of them there Jesus is there too oh my gosh so if you're making out with her you're also making out with Jesus. Did that work? Um, I mean, it worked in giving us the oogies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we were grossed out for sure. <laughs> but then also we realized uh, that the opposite sex is hot, and we just ignored it and just, just kept on kept, going. Anyway. Kept going. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But that's not what this. That's not what this is talking that's about. Not that's not at all what this verse is talking about. I don't think. No, it's it's no. not. It's not. What what. Uh, what do you have as far as the interpretation here, what we should be looking at? So in context, uh, this verse falls specifically within the context of church discipline and dealing with wayward believers. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. This is, this is uh, someone did something wrong. 
Yeah. Okay. And it gives us a prescription here of what it mm-hmm. is that we're supposed to do. You go to that person, you say, you've wronged, you, you, yeah. you've done something wrong. You've sinned against me, against someone else, whatever. Right. And if they don't listen to you, then you go grab an elder or someone else to come mm-hmm. and be a witness. Yes. And it says uh, just a few verses before that, that, uh, that the charge needs to be established by the evidence of two witnesses. We're actually going through a legal precedence of how to deal with church discipline. This, uh-huh. you do this, then you do this, then you do this. And then it says, uh, right before our, 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 our key verse here, it says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So what they're saying is, is when you say we forgive you, there's two of you together, mm-hmm. and we say we forgive you, the Father forgives them. Yes. It's done. It's done. If you're if you're good, we're good. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. Because where there's two or three gathered in my name, I'm I I work on their behalf in heaven. Yeah. That's what it means. Yes. It doesn't mean that he's physically there with them. It means that I work on their behalf, the work that they're doing together. If they're working together in my name, I'm working together on their behalf in heaven. Yes. So guys, it is an encouragement. Yeah. It just is not maybe encouraging the thing that you think that it's yeah. encouraging. Yeah. It doesn't mean that, uh, that, that because no one showed up to your small group that <laughs> it's cool. Jesus is still there. Guess what? He is still there. He is still there. Yes. <laughs> However, don't use this scripture to convince yourself of that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. So, yeah. That's number two. All right. Also, cool. a praise break. <laughs> Here we go. He's also, still there. We'll preach. He's still there. He's still there. Okay. I know you're going to get this one. Okay. Number three, Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Plans for your welfare, not for evil. Yeah. All right, so out of context, uh, this verse is typically given to someone as a sentiment during a difficult time or on a graduation card graduation. Yep. after crossing a stage or receiving yeah. his or her diploma or degree as a standalone promise. It appears as though God exists to make us all popular, yeah, rich, healthy, and powerfully well-known. Uh, God declares the American dream over my life. Oh my wow. Gosh. That is... Sh- Shots <laughs> effing fired. Okay. Wow. Oh, okay. Sorry. As I was reading that last sentence, I'm like, man, this is going to piss off some people. <laughs> We're not here to tick you off. Yeah, however. Well, here we go. I have seen this. Uh, I've seen it happen several times where, I mean, this is one of those uh, vinyl verses. I, the uh-huh. ones that are like the vinyl graph on someone's wall when yes. they walk in. Yes, yes. And, you know, I think one of the reasons what I'm seeing here is one of the reasons that these verses remain so popular mm-hmm. is because the truth of them overarchingly is true. Yeah, absolutely. But we take one verse that's meant for one thing mm-hmm. and we try to make it universal for everything. Right. And that's where this verse kind of falls a little short because, yes, does God have a plan for you? Yes. Absolutely. Does he have a hope for you, a yes. future for you? Yes, he has all of those Is things. Is all of that for your welfare? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and and does God want to hurt you? No. No. Okay, so all of this is true, but this particular verse is not necessarily about you. Right. Who is this verse about? So this is to a very specific group of people. It is to Hebrews who have been exiled in Babylon. Yes. That's who this verse 
was written to. Yeah. And it was written one time <laughs> to one group of people in one specific time frame. Yes. Is there um, encouragement that we can receive from this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like you can any yeah. scripture in the Bible. Absolutely. It can, yep. it can provide encouragement and yeah. edification yeah. and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read the verse right before it so we know what we're talking about. Okay. This is uh, 2910. You know, the second most famous verse. <laughs> <laughs> for thus saith the Lord, when 70 years are completed from Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place for I know the plans I have for you. He's literally saying the plans that I have for you mm-hmm. are for the next 70 years you're going to be in slavery. <laughs> but then after that, after that, yes. I've got, I, that's not where the plan ends. So the benefit of a verse like this is knowing that sometimes his plan means you go through some crap. Yeah. Now, that's not where the plan ends. That is not where it ends. But that is usually part of the plan. Yes. <laughs> yes. You go through some stuff. I heard, a, I heard a quote one time that said, if the story isn't good, the story isn't over. Yeah. Yeah. Because, listen, we all have... A good ending. Yeah. That's right. Ahead for us. Whether you believe in the rapture or the tribulation <laughs> or not. Can we oh, can we please can we please do rapture scripture? No, not yet, okay. not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but whether you believe in that or not, there is a happy ending. There's a good ending yeah. for for you. For sure. And this word prosper in this verse doesn't is not talking about material blessings. No. It's not talking about money. It's not talking about popularity. It is talking about physical and spiritual salvation, yes. which we all have available for us yes. as well. So yeah. I'm telling you guys, man, these things will preach. Yes. Put it into context. Please put it into context. <laughs> it's it's actually better in context it really really is all right so there you go that's jeremiah 29 11 okay in context in context number four matthew 7 1 um i don't know what this one is uh judge not that you be not judged (laughs) there's a reason i don't know because it's (laughs) such a bs verse that people take out of context all the time use out of context they yeah anyway okay so let's talk about it out of context uh we're living in a day that values tolerance above all unless of course Someone disagrees with our beliefs, yeah. our lifestyles, or our opinions. Yeah, in which case. Then we're extremely intolerant. <laughs> Man, if that's not the truth. You don't know me! <laughs> you can't judge me! You ain't seen what I've been through! You don't know my life! Right. <laughs> we, <laughs> we may even boldly shout... Only God can judge me. Yeah, yeah. However, this is Tupac theology, not biblical theology. Come on, come on, come on, Tupac. Coming with the uh, shots. All right, so yeah, tell us what do you think the context of this verse is? Okay, well, um, true context or like, I mean, like I want to know when you've seen someone go off with man, judge not lest you be judged. There's too many for me to name a specific one, but guys, it it happens like celebrities. Yeah, only God can judge me, yeah. and I, yeah, I I don't know, I can't. My favorite was uh, when I saw, and she was like, 
full drunk on Instagram, like yelling at her dad and quoting scripture way out of context. <laughs> um, and and just was like, the, and the Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged. And so I'm waiting for the judgment to come on you. And it was just, it was just, it was just like, huh. Now, here's the other thing. By the transverse quality of equations, right? If A equals B, then B equals A. Okay? Correct. This is, this, come on, math. Um, Sorry, what did we say sport earlier? So I need to say maths now. Yeah. Maths and sport. Come on, maths. Um, uh, If if A equals B and B equals A, and we know Mm -hmm. this to be true, judge not lest ye be judged means also when you judge. (laughs) You will also be judged. Yes. Right? So um, so, so people think that because I've been judged, I'm allowed to judge other people. And they're just kind of missing like the fact that we're just spiraling right. at this point. Yes. So, um, so that's kind of probably my favorite thing is whenever people feel justified in their judgment of other people because they're judged for being a terrible person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, so what's the actual? <laughs> I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, this verse is not necessarily a warning against speaking out against certain actions or behaviors. Yeah. Because the truth is, there are other places of Scripture where we're told yes. that Christi- you will know a Christian by their fruit. Correct. We will know them. We will know Christians by their fruit. Hey. Who are we going to know by their fruit? Christians. Now, let me ask you a question. It's mm-hmm. like, is it is it my responsibility to say this person's a Christian, this person's not a Christian based off of their fruit? Because here's what happens. I like apples, but I don't like pears. And so because I like this fruit, you're definitely a Christian. <laughs> but that fruit over there, that's a pear. Mm. I don't like that. I don't even know if you're a Christian. Do you see how quickly, how quickly. we can twist yeah. this into something else? But also... um. Why are we doing this anyway? Like, well, no Christians by their fruit. Non-Christians, are we supposed to be trying to figure them out and judging them in the first place? No. Hey, let me ask you a question. Is it the righteousness of God that leads people to repentance? Um, it is the kindness of uh, God. Are you sure it's not the justice of God? It is the kindness of is God. Is it the judgment of God? It is the kindness All right, cool. of God. <laughs> cool, just checking. Yeah, so... um. Matthew 7 is really a warning against self-righteousness and hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, ooh, those are some shots fired. Yeah. He's saying, the, the, the verse is actually saying, may, be careful when you try to judge other people because as soon as you open yourself up for judgment to other people, mm-hmm. you're also opening up for other people to judge you. Absolutely. And you're going to be judged to the same standard and with the same hand. So if you're judging with aggression and self-righteousness, then guess what? That's how you're going to be judged. Yeah. And, and yeah. And this is the same passage where he says, make sure you take the plank out of your own eye before you worry about the splinter in yeah. someone else's. Yeah. Yeah. I think what a lot of people miss with this verse is that they think it, they, they take themselves out of the equation. Really? They just set themselves up as the yeah. judge and not the judged. Duh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> judged. Yeah. The you one that is judged. You can't judge me. They like the idea of you telling someone else, judge not. They don't like being told 
judge exactly. not. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But here's the good news. Yeah. We're called to love. We hey, are. What What's another What's another way that they'll know we're Christians? Uh, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. There you go. See, there's an easy answer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and here's the other thing is that if you are one of these fruit inspectors that go, man, I don't like oranges, so I don't know if those are even fruits. I don't even know if those people are Christians over there. Um, you have now disqualified yourself yeah. <laughs> from being able to even do that because we'll know they're disciples by the love we have for each other. Yeah. Like that's it. Not And not even for the love we have for people in the world, not for love that we have, like literally how we treat ourselves as a family needs to be strange and different from everybody else. Absolutely. So, all Absolutely. right. All right. <laughs> It'll preach. Okay. Let's keep going. All right. Here's number five. Yeah. Psalm 4610. Oh, why would I know 4610? Because it's a really good verse. Um, You probably know the first part of it. Okay. What is it? Be still and know that I am God. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, how many worship songs have we done with uh, Be Still and Know That I'm God? Yeah. yeah, for sure. But did you know there's more to that verse? Um, Do you know what comes after it? You know what? I'm going to have to look it up in my, my handy dandy Bible right Your here. Bible that you got on our Christian podcast. It's not a Christian podcast. It is a podcast that has Christians on it. <laughs> We talk about Whatever. Christian pop culture. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, can pop culture be Christian? Um, yeah. If pop culture has accepted Jesus into its heart. <laughs> uh, what is that verse? Scripture that uh, Psalm 4610. 4610. All right. So uh, be still and know that I am God. How? First of all, how is it taken out of context? Uh, how is it misused? Well, the most common travesty committed toward this verse is that only that first part is quoted. You leave off the rest of it. And that's, I mean, how many times do you see that be still and know, or even just be still put above a bed or on a cuffy, 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 cuffy. (laughs) Gosh, how is a four-year-old joke still good? I don't know. I don't know. And we're still coming to both of our minds. That's terrifying. At the same time. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, it it's just, it's, you only see part of it, yeah. but there's more. There's there is more. more. There is more. You want to read it? Um, can I start a couple verses before? Sure. Because I think that, <laughs> I think it really sets it off. Here we go. You ready? Come behold the works of the Lord. Oh, I like this. How he has brought desolations on the earth. <laughs> he makes wars, uh, wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am the God. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in, in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So it's in the context of the world has burned down around me. The the fight's over. The war is done. It war is done. But everything is still smoldering all around me. There's no life anywhere. Be still. Be still and know. Because I can't do anything else. There's nobody else to fight. When there's nobody else to fight, know that he's God. Know that he's God and know that he will be exalted. Yeah. That at the end of the day, 
the fight that you're having right now that you're experiencing is not for your own glory. Yeah. It is not to raise you up. It is not to lift your name. It is to exalt the name of God. It is to exalt him in among the nations and in the earth. I mean, come on. Hey, Andrea. Yeah. Maybe this is a Christian podcast. Maybe it is. <laughs> this what this episode. For I sure. mean, this is a Christian episode. Yeah, I don't know about sure. the rest of them. <laughs> All right. Well, we got, do that's we have it. any more? No, no that's no, it. That's it. Man, Unless you have I, any you want to share. Well, I mean, there's there's plenty that I do want to share, but <laughs> most of them are uh, rapture based. Um, if we can just talk about how all of those are taken out of context. I mean, if you if you want to share one, listen, we had a few episodes like in a row where we talked about left behind yeah. in the rapture, and we never really got into why you disagree with that so strongly. I mean, do we want to do that? Or is that too much for our... <laughs> yeah, let, let's do it. Let, let, let's do it. So here, here's the thing. The rapture, as we kind of understand it now, it's how it's understood and left behind, uh-huh. um, doesn't really come from the book of Revelation. Okay. That it, I mean, there, there are things that are kind of mentioned, but it really comes from one of Paul's writings in 2 Thessalonians. Yes. Okay. So the second the the second epistle to the church in Thessalonica. <laughs> Say that ten Woo! times fast. Say that right. once. The, I know I didn't get it out right the first time, um, but uh, he he writes this book. It's the second chapter, and he's writing to calm everybody down because there was this idea that Jesus said he was going to come back, uh-huh. and uh, and everybody was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Jesus came back and we missed it. So that's our first clue that believers thought uh-huh. that Jesus could come and that they would miss him coming again. And they thought it, it was the second coming. Th- they thought this was the second coming that, were, that after had Jesus had okay. gone up um, on, on the Mount of Olives and he said, I'm coming back he, and he came back. So that's our first clue. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's just, we'll just go through it and we'll just go through. Okay. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is uh second Thessalonians 2. And the being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by the spirit or spoken word or a letter seeing, uh, seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So he's saying, mm-hmm. everybody, chill out. Jesus didn't come back yet. He said that when he comes back, he's going to bring everybody together. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let no one be deceived. Uh, no, no one deceive you in any way. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first uh, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object or worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. So here we have all a lot of what is seeming to be prophecy, but it doesn't actually seem like he's writing prophecy. He's writing things that are already known. It is known. So that brings us back to the verse, the the last epistle that he wrote, the first epistle to the church in Thessalonica, didn't even say in it right that what? time. What Thessalonica? And where Thessalonica <laughs> says uh, this is First Thessalonians four, verse thirteen. Uh, but we do not want you to be informed, uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Who is God going to bring with him? Those who have fallen asleep. And now we're using fall asleep in a poetic term. What does he actually mean? Those who have died. Yeah. People who are dead, Jesus is going to raise them. Believers who died. Yes. Uh, well, 
that's up for debate, but we'll keep going. Um, Why just, is that up for debate? It says that those who have fallen asleep. It says, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. It doesn't necessarily mean... Oh, wait, go to verse 13. Read verse 13 again. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. Oh. Yeah. Well, because my, my version says believers believers who have died. Um, Specifically says that. Okay. What is that? Living? New living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going off of ESV. So I'm, it's, it's, oh. a closer, it's a closer Actually, translation. Actually, ESV, I just read this week that they have some issues. Well... Yeah, every every translation does. I mean, come on, it's a bunch of Calvinists. What do you want me to do? So um, everybody who died is going to be raised up and experience some sort of judgment at some point. Like hmm. that's the argument, right? Um, or there is no hell and everybody gets to raise up. That There's another argument there as well. Um, I don't know which ones I believe I do, but I'm not going to say. Okay, verse 15. For this we declare to you uh, by word from the Lord that those who are alive, who are, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord Jesus in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Okay? So this is the strongest argument for a rapture where we are taken away. Mm -hmm. Okay? Most of what's being said here, if you look at it, is poetic. We're seeing fall asleep mean dead. Right. So there, there are some things here that we can't just completely roll out the poetry of it in, in, in and of itself. We see that um, it says dead people will be raised first mm-hmm. and then alive people will go. So here's the thing. When a bunch of people are raised from the dead mm-hmm. and we see them go up, that's when I'll be like, all right, cool. I'm about ready to go. It is not going to be like this whole thing of just like, boom, we're all gone. I'm hugging my little brother and his, I'm all of a sudden I'm just holding their clothes, you know, all this other stuff. It's mm-hmm. just, it's not going to be like that based off of this. There's going to be screams. There's going to be trumpets. There's going to be all kinds of other stuff that happens. We're assuming that this is talking about uh, the quote unquote rapture at this mm-hmm. point. Whenever in all reality, we're probably talking about when Jesus comes back for the millennial reign that's talked about in Revelation. So do I think that Jesus is coming back to earth to reign and to do all the things that are revealed in the book of Revelation? Yes. I don't think that that means that we are literally going to disappear and then come back for the millennial reign. I believe that he's here. We gather together with him in what is going to be an elevated place such as a poetic clouds that when he brings dead people back to life and he, and he has all the believers kind of be together Mm -hmm. that it is part of us ruling over the earth for a thousand years. So that is where, that's where my kind of theology falls Mm -hmm. on it. But again, there's two other things. Yeah. One, I think it's hilarious to say I don't believe in a rapture and watch people squirm. Yeah, I think you you really enjoy that. I I, I think it's just hilarious to watch people <laughs> squirm, um, to watch people like grab a Bible and like start like, talking start about stuff, trying to prove you yeah. wrong. The other thing that um, that, and we've talked about this before. I don't see the point in 
spending a lot of energy or effort on right. that. Because if it's true, and I'm happy for it to be true, I want it to be true. Yeah. I would love to hear the trumpet right now, see some corpses fly up in the air, and then be like, let's go. I would love for that to happen. Mm-hmm. However, I should say former corpses, shouldn't I? Because <laughs> at that point, they Right, yeah, at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, I would love for that to happen. But I feel like if I live my life like it could happen any moment and work like he's never coming back, uh-huh. I feel like I've got all bases covered. Absolutely. Paul thought that he was going to see the return of Jesus. Yes. He was wrong over 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. What makes me think that I'm right and the apostle Paul was wrong? How is it that Christians, millions and millions and millions of Christians who have all believed that they would see the return of Jesus have all been wrong, but I have the hubris to think that I'm right? <laughs> How about I treat myself like, I don't know, I'm one of everybody else yeah. and I've joined with the body of Christ and I just say, I'm probably never going to see that day happen. When I see it happen, it'll be because I've risen from the dead. So I've got to take care of my body. I've got to do all the things that I need to do. I got to take care of my family. I've got to build a legacy for generations and generations. That's that's kind of my thoughts on on the rapture. Yeah. So I scripturally have some things where just like, it's just questionable. It's a very U.S. centric thing. Not a lot of other churches talk about the not a lot of other countries talk about the rapture. Yeah, and I think you know we've talked about it on here before. That's not going to get you to heaven if you believe in the no, rapture, it's an or post-trib, or yeah. pre-trib, or mid-trib, or whatever. No. It, that's it's not a listen. It's an old joke, and I've said it for years. I'm a pan-trib. It's all going to pan out the way God wants it to. Oh my gosh! All right then. I think that's a Mike Warnke joke. <laughs> Wow. Shout out to Mike Warnke for sure. For sure. All right, then. All right. Um, do we even need to hit the B? Yeah, let's hit the yeah, B. Yeah, we need to it's hit the chicken. B. It's <laughs> chicken. <Wow. laughs> or chicken. Oh, we can no, hit chicken, not the bees. Not the bees. Ah! USPS finally delivers Paul's third epistle to the Thessalonians. <laughs> this is the third epistle to the church in Thessalonica. What? This is is where he finally explains all of the talk about the rapture. He's going to tell us exactly how it happens. Yeah. uh, Christians in the ancient city of Thessalonica are rejoicing at the slightly delayed arrival of Paul's third letter to them, stamped for delivery via USPS first class mail almost two millennia ago. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! All right, what's your not for me? <laughs> um, okay, so actually that is quite appropriate because my not for me is the USPS this oh, week. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a delivery. I had I had something I ordered quite a while ago. Yeah. And I had had some mail forwarded. Mm-hmm. They sent it all the way back to California oh. to be forwarded back here. Because they couldn't just walk it across the street? Literally across the street. Wow. The post office is less than a mile from my apartment, and they sent it all the way back to... I'm still waiting on it to arrive. Wow. Oh, man. So, yeah, USPS is not for me this week. Oh. You know what? Um, I had a different not for me, but I'm going to actually join yours. The USPS is not for me this week because this week... They delivered me a lot of bills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, screw you guys. Those are always on time. Those are never late. I know. Why, like, By the way, thank you for that because companies don't care if they get lost in the mail. <laughs> no, if it's don't. late, you're still paying for it. Yep. All right. That's a show. Yes. 
by the way, there's a lot that we took out of this episode, and we're just relieved that this show is over at this point. Um, but this is a rough ride. <laughs> but it, listen, just like uh, the Texas Giant, it's a rough ride, but still a little fun. Still a little. Fun. We still. We hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had fun. At also, least. Also, you have to be at least 40 inches tall to listen to this episode. You'd probably be at least 16. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The age of. Uh, and if you have heart problems, or if you're, pre- or if you're pregnant, <laughs> or if you haven't reached the age of accountability. What's going on? It's okay. Because when the rapture happens, all the children will be gone. All of them. All of them. All right. Um, <laughs> our, our thoughts and opinions not the final word, dear listener. Actually, on this one, I think that we're pretty close we're, to being accurate. Probably should be. If you want to yell at me about the rapture, come on. Uh, at Sethford. Yeah. The other the other things about scripture, I think we're pretty on. But that's cool. <laughs> Engage in the conversation. We're fine. How do they do that? Yes. Don't forget to like, follow, and comment on all the socials. We are at Dropping Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. And for every comment we receive, we do give money to a local charity or ministry. And remember, the greatest compliment you could give us is to tell a friend to listen to this episode or maybe a different one that you liked and then to subscribe because yeah. we'll be back again next week. We will be back next week. Until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea. And this is Dropping Sunday. Finally, Osteen took a deep breath. I apologize. He said, smiling, whoops a daisy. I got a little, well, a little hot under the collar there. I hope you y'all forgive me. Anyway, I, I'm the Bob. Like Harry Carey. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> if the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? <laughs> <laughs> Icarus Constantin... Oh, no. Constantinides. 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 That sounds wrong. (laughs) Uh, You weren't even looking at me. How did you see that?